uh... well it's not getting worse we often it, think it's getting worse, but it literally can't get worse. Yeah, we've been it's, the worst. Yeah. We will be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Much like our podcast. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Rhyme or free, it doesn't matter to me. It's my bad poetry. Good day, and welcome to My Bad Poetry a podcast where we take a deep dive into my dabbling with poetry between 2004 and 2008, when I was in high school. Each week, we hear a selection read aloud for what may be the first time, and we examine it for its historical, philosophical, and literary qualities, always asking, why in the world did I write this? I'm Aaron, and I'm dragging my dear friend Dave with me on this journey into my old private journal. Dave... How you I will doing? always wave when you do the introduction. I know. I find that very strange. Right? Also, I do my best to uh, make you laugh as you read that long speech. You've gotten really good at ignoring me. I kind of wonder if you have just shut off my video. No, I still see you. I mean, that's a mistake on your part. Yeah, I. well, there are many things I have not learned in this process. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Muting you is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but before I, I learn that, we do need to hear a poem from you today. Yes, of course. This is a poem uh, called Form Versus Function. Hmm. Two eyes blinking in perspective, furrowed brow rising from years of growth. The man looks at me as I contemplate his placement, sacrificed for an elephant silhouette. Creativity lost means guilt. My son's smile means pride. Okay. And we're just going to leave it there. No interpretation, nothing. Oh, man. <laughs> um... I wrote... I wrote it this morning because I'm making a tower, like a, a learning tower for my son, mm -hmm. in the shape of an elephant. I saw some really cute uh, things online, but as I was looking at the piece of plywood, I love, I love looking at like the growth patterns in wood, and you often get these really cool shapes. And in the plywood that I was using, I saw like a really fully formed face. I thought it was really cool. And like, as I moved from side to side, it looked like eyes were blinking at me and it was really beautiful. But also if I'm going to turn it into an elephant, I don't want that on there because it looks creepy. And so I had this kind of dilemma of, do I save that for a different project? Like I could, I could put that into something else and try and do something with like the natural beauty of that. And instead, I just kind of cut the face in half. <clears throat> I don't know what to do with that, Dave. <laughs> You're welcome. It's something I'm still trying to figure out. You have no idea how weird it feels to cut through something that looks like a face with a That's jigsaw. That's blinking at you? <laughs> it was creepy. This is... This has gotten weirdly dark, and you're talking about elephant toys for your child. Elephant toys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I do love also the term furrowed brow. Yeah. Uh, makes me think of my daughter because 
I trained her to to make a furrowed brow if I ask her to, because <laughs> yes. I th- I find that so hilarious to be like, right? Hey, do a furrowed brow, and it's, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable. That's adorable. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, something far less adorable is my poetry from high school. <laughs> you know, every time. We, we enter this process. I would love to say that my bad poetry refers to a bad poem with the idea of like structure or grammar or spelling or just like or uses of metaphor and symbolism and that kind of stuff. Like bad. Po- bad at poetry. Yeah. Bad at poetry. And every week I disappoint myself (laughs) with the fact that these are just bad poems at the heart of their meaning (laughs) yeah (laughs) i keep hearing people say that like the word problematic doesn't mean as much as it used to because it's so overused but problematic uh yeah that that fits for a lot of these uh these poems yeah so uh Apologies in advance, folks. Um, This one is called Just a Friend. Every word from your lips gives me another reason to live. Your smile burns a fire in my chest. To have my eyes reach yours lets me forget my troubles. And yet, I'll never have you. And you ask me why am I content? Because your lovers come and go as I stay constant. Your lips tell secrets only I will hear, and a friend could never break a heart. But I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. Yeah, so we'll get into that. Um, (laughs) Structure-wise, or first impressions, sorry. Uh, I like the poetic language. Um, there are a couple of lines in here that I think are kind of fun. I'm obsessed with Hades Town, and so your smile burns a fire in my chest. Reminds me of Hades and Persephone singing back and forth, and they sing, It just burns like a fire in the pit of my chest. Oh. And the earth is a bird on a spit in my chest. And Yeah. I, yeah, I don't remember that line. Would you like me to sing the entire musical to um, you right now? That That's okay, no. Nope. <laughs> okay, we're done. But yeah, there is some poetic language. I think it, it gets clunky at a little, uh, at some points. To have my eyes reach yours lets me forget my troubles. Uh, that just reads weird to me. I, I will say about that, it feels authentic to me. Oh. I get what you're saying that it, it seems clunky, but... It's coming from the perspective of someone who doesn't have the language to describe what they're experiencing, you know, Mm. like it feels like uh, an unreliable narrator, someone who doesn't have all of their words planned out in advance. Okay, yeah. So a high school boy is uh, feeling some butterflies and frustrations and and this clunky structure is, is authentic. Okay. Uh, one thing I liked, lips and live. Yeah. And 
content and constant and constant i yes. thought those were uh nice they're not quite rhymes um assonance do you know what dave you have to know what assonance means okay so this is my um term for the day okay because i didn't i didn't have one before assonance is like it's like alliteration but instead of with the consonants uh at the beginning of the word it's the vowel sounds within the word so kind of a rhyming or uh, a repetition of a vowel sound is assonance. I did not know that. Really? No. Okay. Well, there you go. So, uh, yeah, lips and live um, have the i and content yeah. and constant. Um, I guess those are both con. I, that's less assonance. But it's... Um, well, but then, yeah, also in your pronunciation, you don't say content and constant it's constant content yeah like it, so the it, eh, yeah yeah a little more joie uh, schwa do you say joie sure. i say joie why uh probably because i'm wrong well uh yeah i think as far as structure goes we've we've milked it for all it's got <laughs> Which is not saying a lot. Not <clears throat> saying a lot. Ah! Fine. I'm a poet. More so than I. Let's let's move into the content of this poem. If we must. If we must. So, you said it right up front, but I'm a nice guy. The I'm a nice guy trope is, is kind of the motivation behind this poem. Right. This is such a common thing. I think for a lot of high schoolers, I know that I had, I had this as my primary motivation in a lot of my relationships as well. Assuming that if I was nice, that I would earn something from it. And that other guys who weren't as nice as me didn't deserve whatever. And that just leads to kind of the commodification of relationships and viewing relationships as something that I get rather than something that I do with someone else, that I am a part of a relationship rather than I get this relationship because I've earned it through my kindness. And oftentimes my kindness is only motivated by my wish for a relationship, that it's not, it's not selfless. It's not kind. It's selfish. Yeah. Exactly. And and you see that here, yet I'll never have you. Again, it's that um, yeah. possessive language that yeah. we've we've seen before in other other ones of my poems. Yeah. It's it's strange in that it's a lament of a friendship. Yeah. It's a, it's the Harry Met Sally um <laughs> issue, I guess, that Nora Ephron wrote about in that movie, but it's can males and females be friends? Right. And in the end, it's kind of a silly question. Yeah. It's a really, it's a dualistic or, or a binary question. Yeah. Which assumes that the only meaningful interactions between the genders or sexes are intimate or romantic in nature. Right. And so to be just a friend with um someone of the opposite sex is lamentable yeah and now as an adult some of my closest friends are women 
Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's very frustrating to me to think of how many great friendships that I missed out on because I was assuming that this had to lead to a relationship that was, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't able to recognize the relationship that I had as a friend. It's a little... It's a little depressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many friendships lost because you you think it's a dead end. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than resort to citing old songs or TV tropes or movies this week, which we've done many times. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. Or D Dave's ultimate favorite song of all time, Jesse's girl. <laughs> I thoroughly dislike the song. But I know every single word to it, and it comes to mind all the time. Yeah. But this week, for a little bit of research, because I know that this idea is out there of right. the nice guy syndrome. And so I, I thought I'd look that up and see kind of what people are saying about that in the now to critique my former self and potentially aspects of my, my current self. I mean, this is... Uh, it's all a process of growth. It's a process of growth. If if I thought it back in high school, there's probably residual thoughts like that today. So this is from Geek Feminist. It's okay. a wiki fandom page. And uh, they have the term nice guy syndrome. They have a whole article on it. And apparently it's sometimes called nice guy TM, like nice guy trademarked. Like, uh, but I'm a nice guy trademark. Right. And so they have three schools of thought about nice guys. And I'm going to read the first one because I think the other two have aspects within my high school self, but I think the first one is probably most closely related to this poem and the sentiments behind a lot of these poems. But it's that they, the nice guys, are victims of women's irrationality or cruelty in that women say that they want nice guys, but in fact prefer to have relationships with jerks or alpha males with the would-be suitor considering themselves to be in the friend zone, a romantic limbo of sorts. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, and then some of the criticisms as well is that it, it's very, um, you said it's a commodification of the relationship. Um, yeah, very transactional. If I yeah. do nice things, I should be rewarded. Um, right which takes away the whole altruistic understanding. Right. You're not being nice. You're trying to exact payment. Yeah. It's it's very manipulative if, if yeah. that is the ultimate motivation. So uh, I hear the the whole like lamenting of, of alpha males with this because your lovers come and go as I stay constant. No. So it's all like you have all these jerk boyfriends, but I am always by your side. <laughs> the the fun fact the person that i was writing about the yeah. person that she was dating at this time they're married they have two kids now so they come and go they come they're and go never constant my high school self clearly knew what was up <laughs> <laughs> literally couldn't be more wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yeah the one other thing that that when i was looking into this like nice guy syndrome yeah which 
honestly, it's a blind side. But the other thing that I hadn't thought about before is that this syndrome is also extremely belittling to yeah. the friend. Right. <laughs> to be like my emotional intelligence and my understanding of relationship goals is far superior to yours. Right. When we are the same age. Right. Or close in age. She was actually older. She probably had a much higher emotional intelligence and right. knew exactly why I was friend zoned. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wait, not to use that later. I knew exactly why yeah, I was. Yeah, there we go. Shoot. <laughs> but no, I. Yeah. that is exactly like that's why we need to reexamine these things because that's still in our vocabulary. Yeah. It's not something we intend to use, but it's where our brains formed. And it's hard to get rid of stuff like that. Like the expectation is still there. The understanding is still there. And that's why we hope that we can re-examine these poems and fix you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think re-examining this, the, uh, clearly this type of attitude is very much still out there. Yeah. The fact that it has a new kind of linguistic term for it and, and a whole wiki page no i hope that people who still feel this way can examine where these beliefs lead to because i feel like those who suffer from this nice guy syndrome would be the type of person who would make fun of people for talking about being an alpha or a sigma male or whatever but it comes from the same place yeah it's all a hierarchical understanding of who gets the most desirable mate. And mm -hmm. that's, it's all degrading. It's degrading to your friends, to your uh, partners in relationship, and it's degrading to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it, um, it's not appreciating the, the friendships that you have. Yeah. Um, the relationships that can form that are not romantic. It's like, oh, it's just platonic. Uh, and the, <laughs> right. the, word, the way in which just comes in there, just like this title has just a friend right. rather than an ode to friendship or something. <laughs> we could be so much more than just friends. It's like, thank God for friends. Friendships are rewarding on their own. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, thank God for friends. Yes. <laughs> You're lucky to have a couple close ones. Yeah. But yes, uh, Dave, it is, it is your time to shine. Good or garbage? Well, we've discussed two poems today. One was phenomenal and written from the depths of someone's heart. And the other was uh, the one that you wrote. But both of them had something in common. Eyes as a useful metaphor for understanding, for comprehension, for envisioning the world around us. And what I'm trying to say is, I would like to do to your poem what I did to the face that I saw in the plywood that I had. I would like to cut it. Yeah, I got, I got your better. I got it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, garbage. I'm, I'm sorry. Bad at garbage. writing metaphors. I still think I can understand most of them. <laughs> 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 oh. 
Yeah, that's fair. Well, we're going to end this week with the words of a true poet. And this week I was looking into, uh, I was trying to find more kind of witty, sarcastic poems about love and friendships because my high school self was so dire and, and depressing. So you went to the ultimate source, Weird Al Yankovic. And now you're going to do the full 11 minutes of Albuquerque. Oh, I do love that song. Right? But, no. Um, okay. I found the works of Dorothy Parker, who is probably best known outside of the poetry world for helping with the script on A Star is Born, the original. Oh. She has a whole bunch of amazing poems, very sarcastic, very witty, really makes fun of love languages and takes a lot of twists and turns. Needless to say, I wasn't sure which poem to pick. So I picked one, but I encourage you to find many more. So this is The Thin Edge by Dorothy Parker. With you, my heart is quiet here, and all my thoughts as cool as rain. I sit and let the shifting year go by before the window pane. And reach my hand to yours, my dear. I wonder what it's like in Spain. Not a fan? Sorry, I I caught the last line. I was Googling something. <laughs> <laughs> this has been my bad poetry. <laughs> now go write some of your own bad poetry. What were you Googling? <laughs> Sorry, I <clears throat> I was googling the etymology of the word uh, anthology. Of course you were. Rhyme free doesn't matter. It's my bad.